0: A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me, he has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty of the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our Lord, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in zion to give them a garland instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit they will be called oaks of righteousness the planting of the lord to display his glory they shall build up the ancient ruins they shall raise up the former devastations they shall repair the ruined city ...ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord... My whole being shall exult in the Lord, in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, he has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. <laughs> Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
1: Thanks be to God. A reading from Paul's first letter to the church in Thessalonica. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the word of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Thanks be to God. The holy gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to John. Glory Glory to you, Lord Lord Christ. Christ. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be seated, please. Dan and Evelyn Smith um, have just recently spent a month in Louis in Africa. Um, Dan is the canon to the ordinary and went over to um, meet with Bishop Stephen, um, who had been elected, to kind of work out um, sort of how the, the relationship would go with the new bishop. And Evelyn, um, Dan's wife, went to teach English. She had taught uh, English to some of the pastors a few days when we were there the last time, and um, many of them wanted to learn English even better And so she agreed to come over and teach English. She was also teaching English to a group of women, um, pastors in the morning, um, women in the afternoon. And the women at one of the sessions asked her, please, when you get back to America, send us a picture of Jesus. She wisely declined to do that. Um, It's wrong on a whole bunch of levels. First of all, if she sent a picture from here, it would almost certainly be a white Jesus, which would make no sense in in Africa. Secondly, it assumes that they don't know what Jesus looks like. And thirdly, it assumes that we do. All of these things are wrong assumptions. So she said, no, I won't do that. The passage that we heard from John's Gospel is much like the passage about John the Baptist in the other three Gospels. John is out there baptizing at the Jordan, um, and he says, I baptize you with water, but another one is coming who will baptize you with Holy Spirit. John doesn't say that in, in this Gospel, but leads us to expect something. The construction in Greek, John the Baptist says, I myself baptize you with water, and you would expect then a contrastive phrase, but he will do something different. Instead, he says, among you stands one whom you do not know. Now, I'm convinced that the Gospels were written as kind of baptismal initiation. Think of hearing them for the first time as a new Christian, that Christians guarded their, their mysteries very carefully, so you didn't hear the Gospel until you had been baptized. So you've been baptized... And now you're hearing the gospel read from cover to cover for the first time. And you come across this little story very early in John's gospel. You've just been through the water. I baptize you with water. And you're thinking, okay, that's just happened to me. But now what? Among you stands one whom you do not know. You're going to start looking around and say, who is it? Who is among us that I don't know? And what's so important about this one? Is it possibly even me? John the Baptist's next words... About Jesus. We don't hear him in this passage, but the next verse, he sees Jesus walking towards him and says to those standing around, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So you've kind of had your interest piqued. Who among us? Who is this that's standing among us that I don't know? And then you hear the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So you're going to be listening to the rest of this gospel. With that kind of in mind, taking away the sin of the world, you're going to be listening for that other shoe to drop. And you won't get it until the very last chapter of John's Gospel. After the resurrection, Jesus shows up. The room is locked. The disciples are in the room. Jesus shows up, breathes on the disciples, and says, receive, Holy Spirit. The sins of whoever you forgive, they are forgiven them, The sins of whoever you hold on to, they are held on to. Oh, it's us. We're the ones responsible for taking away the sins of the world. Woo! didn't know that's what I was getting into when I got baptized. Now what do I do? Among you stands one whom you do not know. Matthew's Gospel has it the other way around, that the Christ is out there, and we don't recognize at at the last coming Um, the king separates the sheep from the goats and says to the sheep at his right hand, come enter into the kingdom of my father. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And they say, when did we ever see you naked or hungry or thirsty? And he says, inasmuch as you've done it to one of the least, you've done it to me. So for Matthew, the unrecognized Jesus is out there in the people that we serve. For John, the unrecognized Jesus is us. Oh, I didn't realize that that was my responsibility. So I asked you to think about things that discouraged you. It's easy to get discouraged if we think that we're responsible for the salvation of the world, right? Um, We have to feed the hungry. We have to clothe the naked. We can give all the food we want to feed my people, and they're still going to be hungry people. There's still going to be people homeless. How can we go about it? Isaiah, the the passage we heard from the prophet, God says to the prophet, you declare the year of the Lord's good favor. You declare release to the captives. You declare the restoration of what's been devastated. Ooh, that's us. But this was written to a group of people who have just come back from Babylon. They're in Jerusalem. It's just in shambles around them. And God is saying, this has already happened, declare it. Paul, in the letter to the Thessalonians, is writing to a group of people who are awaiting the last coming and are discouraged that it's delayed. And he gives them some very simple advice. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in everything. It's all been done. Don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophets. Just live together in the way that you do, paying attention to what you need to be paying attention to, and these things will happen. Who is standing among us? Among you stands one whom you do not know. Who is it? Could it be me? Could it be us? In Advent, we slow down and wait for the coming, both Christmas and and that last coming. And here we discover that who we're looking at, looking for, may be ourselves. Easy to get discouraged, but God is doing these things. We have what we need. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks no matter what, because these things are happening. And we're doing it. The sins of whoever you release, they are released. The sins of whoever you hold on to, they are held on to. Among you stands one you do not know. Which one? Who is it? Behold, the Lamb of God. Amen.